Success leaves clues, and in the Humans of Imperial podcast, we search for those clues in the stories of our alumni around the world. I'm Chris Roberts, and this week I speak with Imperial College Business School MBA graduate Spandon Shah. Prior to coming to Imperial, Spandon had almost 10 years' experience in consultant roles with EY and KPMG in India, Ireland, and the UK, and he's now the founder of Greenalytics a sustainability and ESG advisory company helping firms to identify, measure and report on important ESG requirements. Here's an insight into this week's episode. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Um, Happy to be here. Uh, My name is uh, Spandan Shah. I am uh, uh, the founder of uh, Greenalytics, which is an ESG uh, uh, analytics and uh, consulting firm uh, based out of London. Know, kind of having gone through the the course and the elective options that you know that some of the other universities that I evaluated had to offer, uh, I think eventually I found kind of thought Imperial had the kind of the best uh, kind of options from uh, uh, sustainability from a climate change perspective that I could tap into uh, to advance uh, the the knowledge that I wanted to gain. But now's the time to maybe, you know, just experiment, pick up a new challenge, uh, which is, you know, uh, what I had kind of done when I, you know, uh, suddenly put a put a pause to a 10 plus year old career at a, at a big four. Uh, I kind of you know, just decided to therefore take the plunge into the entrepreneurship side of things uh, and kind of pick up Greenalytics, uh, which I kind of uh, thought about as part of the entrepreneurial journey module. There's still uh, kind of, you know, um, uh, a large gap in terms of what companies know they have to do yeah. and uh, how they would want to approach uh, uh, the, the the overall kind of ESG agenda. And, and that is uh, what I'm trying to address uh, through Greenalytics. This is my conversation with Spandan Shah. Spandit, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Can we start with an introduction and maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, happy to be here. Uh, my name is uh, Spandan Shah. I am uh, uh, the founder of uh, Greenalytics, which is an ESG uh, uh, analytics and a consulting firm uh, based out of London. Uh, prior to starting my own venture, uh, I worked for almost a decade with the big four firms, EY and KPMG. Uh, primarily across India, uh, Ireland, and London uh, in the value chain management team, uh, which looked at business and operating models as part of uh, any strategic events uh, and um, changes in business to align them uh, and make them more efficient from a tax and regulatory perspective. Uh, uh, And yeah, um, in my current role as an ESG consultant, I am using the understanding of uh, value chains and business models, which I got as part of my uh, previous role uh, within the Big Four environment uh, to work on the sustainability and uh, the climate change agenda of the clients that I'm working with uh, here in India uh, and in London. Thanks for that. I'm really interested in your background. I speak to quite a lot of MBA students, you know, I work at a business school. Um, And some of the motivations that people have to go to business schools are, one, some people want to travel to the UK, that's fine. Um, Another is to get into companies like the big four, but you've kind of gone the other way around. And I I want to find out about what your motivations were, but can I get you to kind of talk us through your time before Imperial? So you've obviously mentioned that you you were, um, well, different companies in the big four, weren't you? 
Yes. So, um, you know, prior to my MBA at Imperial, uh, I, as I said, uh, have worked in a big four environment for almost a decade. I started with uh, EY in India uh, as part of uh, the transactions uh, practice uh, where I looked at um, you know, uh, mergers, acquisitions, uh, joint ventures uh, between corporates, uh, both within the Indian uh, market as well as uh, international cross-border transactions. Uh, uh, subsequently, uh, you know, from the transactions focused, I moved to uh, uh, the EY office in my hometown uh, back in India, uh, which then uh, exposed me to some other disciplines of uh, the international tax agenda, uh, uh, like transfer pricing uh, and uh, cross-border international taxes. Uh, transfer pricing is kind of... Uh, uh, how do I say, a global kind of approach to looking at cross-border transactions. Uh, and the understanding which I gained from an Indian perspective uh, could also be used kind of globally in a way. Uh, and kind of leveraging the, the experience in India, I got an opportunity to work with uh, KPMG Ireland back in 2014. So that was my first international move uh, for work purposes, uh, but again, within the big four kind of environment. Uh, I stayed for a year uh, in Ireland and subsequently got an internal shift to the KPMG offices uh, here in London, um, where I joined, uh, where I've been uh, since uh, Feb 2015. And kind of the role in London, again, involved leveraging my uh, transactions experience in India, my international tax and transferprising experience, both in India as well as uh, Ireland, and then uh, kind of looked at uh, uh, the, the work more from a consulting, more from an advisory perspective uh, uh, versus, you know, purely from a compliance and, and a reporting perspective, which often uh, tax uh, ends up uh, kind of becoming. Uh, so the role involved, as I said, looking at kind of corporates as part of uh, any business change that might happen internally. It could mean a change in business strategy. It could mean um, a change in supply chain and the way they operate. Uh, maybe they're looking at international expansion, uh, uh, transactions as well, entering into a joint venture. Um, any business change uh, in some form involves tax implications uh, and the role uh, uh, involved understanding what exactly that business change was uh, and then trying to align the tax and regulatory aspects to make uh, the, the post kind of uh, business change operating model a lot more uh, tax and regulatory efficient going forward. Mm. So something like you say, you had a decade working for companies like EY, PwC, you'd already relocated to the UK, so you were living in London, I guess, at that point. What what was your motivation for then thinking now is the right time to do an MBA? Um, so, like all through those ten years, uh, my role as part of any project uh, uh, came in essentially as part of the second phase of any transaction. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, before you uh, before we were roped in um, to undertake due diligence, to work out structuring, to understand the business models, someone else. Uh, within the business had made a decision that we want to you know change how we operate we want to you know change our supply chains uh, we mm -hmm. want to acquire another company or we want to uh, you know uh, enter into a new market uh, so our one it, the, my kind of role started uh, after that business that commercial decision was already made uh, mm -hmm. and then picking up on kind of you know the the logic of that business and commercial change 
and overlaying tax and regulatory aspects. So the motivation for me was to kind of transition to that initial stage of being part of those large scale business and commercial decisions while they were made uh, versus, uh, you know, picking up after someone had already made that uh, business decision. Uh, and that was kind of one of the motivations to pivot uh, a bit more uh, and, and get into the, the business and the commercial side of uh, an organization versus, you know, trying to uh, bring in a specialist tax and regulatory perspective. Uh, mm. uh, and kind of uh, you know through the through the gradual kind of professional journey obviously i started uh, kind of you know looking at sustainability and climate change as something that i could relate to uh, mm-hmm. a lot more uh, you know those annual trips uh, back to india and you realize that you know the city is getting hotter in every summer that you go to it's not what uh, was you know 15 years ago when i was a kid you know playing cricket on the streets uh, and that kind of made me realize that uh, you know it's climate change and 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 the challenges that everyone's talking about are are quite real and happening on a day to day perspective so the motivation to do an mba was twofold uh, a get into the uh, the the business and the commercial side but we also kind of overlay a lot more the climate and the the sustainability and and kind of the wider esg agenda uh, that has now become a lot more mainstream mm. so you started your mba in 2020 is that right Yes, uh, in the middle of uh, uh, the COVID lockdowns, yes. <laughs> How was that? Obviously, uh, one of the, the main kind of uh, uh, you know, um, uh, highlights of uh, an MBA is to mm-hmm. meet a lot of people uh, from across backgrounds, understand their experience and kind of you know, get into that, that networking side of things, which obviously was limited uh, because of COVID and the lockdowns that we found ourselves due, uh, uh, around that period of time. But, uh, you know, still Imperial tried its best to work out that, you know, gradually as and when things uh, eased up a bit, uh, we could still start going to the campus, you know, split us into mm. two groups. Uh, so alternative uh, days we were on campus trying to attend the sessions as much in person as possible. And then obviously trying to also meet the rest of the cohort and uh, uh, the, the people from the other programs uh, at, at the business school. So I think, Yes, it wasn't perfect, but I, I mean, you've got to be you know, uh, cognizant of the fact that uh, it was not just us, but everyone else at that point yeah. in time in a similar situation. So uh, we kind of, you know, we did what we could at that point in time uh, in the best possible way. It wasn't perfect for anybody at that point in time, was it? Never mind kind of trying to start and do your MBA. MBAs are difficult enough without the extra challenge on top of it, but it wasn't exactly an ideal situation for anybody anyway. So, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, we've uh, you know, gradually uh, um, still have as an alumni the opportunity to you know um, go back to campus, attend some mm-hmm. sessions, uh, take part in the Global Exchange Week, uh, which obviously mm-hmm. uh, the international trip didn't happen during our uh, 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 year. Uh, but I, I think I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of my... Uh, fellow MBA kind of batchmates uh, pick up on that option and um, at least, you know, uh, go to those international trips. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, a few few of us went to Kenya. This year, uh, a few of us, including myself, uh, were in Rio. So we nice. kind of still are uh, uh, you know, taking advantage of uh, the opportunity that uh, the program still has to offer to us as alumni. Mm. I've spoken to a lot of, of people who did their MBAs at Imperial, and one of the motivations that they seem to have is that, you know, they want to come to the UK, they want to live in London for a while. You were already in London at that point in time. So can I ask, why why did you go for Imperial? What was your like, kind of motivation behind that? 
so I think, as I said, one the the two key motivations uh, for me to get into the MBA was to pivot towards the business mm-hmm. commercial side, but uh, more importantly, also kind of overlay the the sustainability and the climate change and the ESG agenda uh, as as a personal kind of uh, motivation as well. And uh, I had evaluated. I I mean, wanted to be in London. Uh, uh, it's it's a it's a great place to be in. You know, from a business perspective as well. Uh, and um, you know, kind of having gone through the the course and the elective options that you know that some of the other universities that I'd evaluated had to offer, uh, I think eventually I found kind of thought Imperial had the kind of the best uh, kind of options from a, a sustainability from a climate change perspective that I could tap into uh, to advance uh, the the knowledge that I wanted to gain, uh, which subsequently post MBA I could implement it. Uh, in practice in a role that I would have picked up. So it was a combination of, uh, you know, the uh, A being being part, still being part of London as a city, uh, uh, still being part of that business environment uh, and B kind of uh, the, the options that Imperial had as electives and as core courses, which were focused uh, on the climate and and the strategy side of things, which aligned with uh, kind of my, my post MBA goals a lot better. So uh, that was, uh, you know, an up, um, kind of the reason for going ahead with Imperial as 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 a place where I wanted to do my MBA. No, that's interesting. No. And we've obviously got careers clubs at Imperial as well. And you were, correct me if I'm wrong, head of sustainability in the energy and sustainability club. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Uh, yes, I so I kind of uh, had uh, the head of sustainability role there. Uh, the idea was to you know uh, try to a team up with a few other clubs where possible, uh, uh, because obviously you know uh, climate change careers kind of don't work in isolation. You know either it's tied to finance, either I mean any business function, and there's there's an overlap uh, from a sustainability and, and a climate change side of things. So the idea was to. Know, try to team up with a few other kind of clubs as much as possible uh, but also again leverage some of the connects which i have having been in london for you know seven plus years uh, within the big four environment to kind of tap into the 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 best uh, guest speakers and kind of uh, uh, experts we could call in as part of uh, some of the events that we had lined up for the club during the year how did you find being part of the club sort of environment in itself how was it kind of being it was part? i mean yeah uh, 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 very different uh, you know compared mm-hmm. to obviously the uh, the MBA kind of environment as well as kind of the the pre MBA work environment uh, you know you now had to consider not, not just for yourself but uh, also you know keep in mind what is best for all the uh, the club members who are part mm-hmm. of uh, the, the energy and sustainability club uh, and again uh, the club consisted of uh, kind of members from a diverse set of uh, M- uh, programs across the business school. Uh, and we had to be mindful uh, because a lot of them kind of had experience, uh, like most of us from the MBA kind of programs. But there were quite a few people who kind of, you know, had come in with like minimal to uh, zero professional experience as well. So the 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 thinking behind organizing kind of any event involved okay how is everyone going to benefit out of what we are planning uh, and yeah. we had to be mindful of that that was a good exercise to kind of you know just work out uh, uh, something which is uh, wider kind of you know uh, people focused uh, versus just trying to see what works best for me as an individual or for a few of us as a team as part of the next MBA project or an mm-hmm. exercise okay so you you 
you've come to Imperial, uh, you've you've done your MBA, you're coming towards <laughs> the end of your MBA. Talk us through what happened next. Um, was your plan always to start that business or were did you have something in mind when you started? Obviously, you came from a big four company. Were you thinking you would go back to that? Did your plan change somewhere along? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, uh, my plan did change uh, along the MBA journey. I mean, honestly, uh, before I joined uh, or before I kind of uh, started, joined uh, uh, Imperial MBA, kind of the plan was uh, to transition towards, you know, sustainability consulting, uh, the strategy side of things, but joining maybe one of the MBB. So the likes of BCG, Bain McKenzie, uh, uh, obviously that is a step up uh, in in a way uh, compared to the to the big four world uh, i mean yes the big fours are uh, have their own strengths and and the mbb firms is, have their own strengths so it was just trying to pivot uh, towards a slightly different consulting environment uh, but somewhere along um, as as part of uh, you know a couple of elective options uh, there was an opportunity to pick up an entrepreneurial journey elective uh, versus mm-hmm. a classic consulting uh, obvious uh, uh, kind of elective uh, i kind of the thought process in my mind was look i've done consulting for almost 10 years uh, uh, yes it's eventually overlaying the the tax and regulatory aspects but it still is a consulting environment and therefore this is a great opportunity for me to explore something else and try something completely new. And with that thought process, I decided to go ahead with entrepreneurial journey as an elective versus uh, that consulting uh, uh, kind of option. Option, And somewhere along kind of, you know, as part of that elective, I started speaking, speaking with a lot of people uh, to research the idea that I picked up. Uh, and that was the genesis of Green Analytics as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And which is, you know, somewhere along that, that module, that elective is when I realized that, you know, look, uh, I could always go back to the consulting domain, um, right? I still have very good relationship with uh, uh, the team at KPMG, uh, uh, and and uh, you know some of the other corporates that I worked with in the past, uh, but now's the time to maybe you know just experiment, pick up a new challenge, uh, which is you know uh, what I had kind of done when I you know uh, suddenly put a put a pause to a ten plus year old career at uh, at a big four. Uh, I kind of you know just decided to therefore take the plunge into the entrepreneurship side of things uh, and kind of pick up green analytics, uh, which I kind of. Uh, thought about as part of the entrepreneurial journey module to uh, make it a bit more mainstream uh, and to kind of bring that idea to fruition uh, uh, post post the MBA. So yes, the plans were different uh, somewhere along. Uh, uh, something just uh, switched <laughs> in a different direction. And uh, yes, I kind of decided to go ahead with Green Analytics versus uh, you know, getting back into uh, the the big four environment, or you know, aiming for one of the the other strategy consulting firms. You know, I love that though because there's a, there's a really important message there. I think for specifically MBA students, but it's probably relevant for all students. To be honest, you might have come into this with a plan, and you know, this actually applies to anybody. Like you might be on a career path and in a job or doing absolutely anything. You might have come into this with a plan. You know exactly where you want to go, but be open minded because. You you could, you could something could come your way that completely changes what you're thinking, and for you, completely changes the kind of course of your life for the next few years. You've done something completely different, and it's because you said somewhere along the way, and I love that line because it's like all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, something happened. You did a module, it changed the way you think, and you've ended up going and doing what you do now. 
I mean, yeah, that's that's uh, you know absolutely correct. Uh, kind of the messaging around trying to be open about the opportunities that might come knowingly or unknowingly, uh, and also I think it's uh, about uh, kind of being open to be patient in that you might have a plan, uh, but not everything might always go to plan. Uh, like I kind of you know at the start. Uh, when still I was relatively new to the MBA program, I did apply to BCG and got rejected, right? Uh, now, obviously, uh, I could have reapplied uh, uh, and kind of, you know, explored it further. And I wanted to, uh, but before that, uh, the entrepreneurship kind of journey module came up and kind of, you know, uh, I just decided to try something new, which I hadn't done before. Uh, mm. And um, kind of, you know, uh, it's uh, two years down the line, I am still kind of enjoying uh the the path I took uh, um, and and kind of uh, in in terms of developing and and growing uh, green analytics and the funny thing is right now uh, I've, you know I've, in some of the the propo- companies that I'm working with uh, the proposals that I send out I now am competing with uh, kind of <laughs> the the big fours in terms of uh, you know how how I can kind of work with clients and how can I differentiate myself uh, compared mm-hmm. to the other firms so you could still you know uh, end up reaching where you wanted to uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's a case of a, a slight detour that you might have to take so mm-hmm. you mentioned green analytics why don't you tell us a little bit more about it uh, so green analytics, uh, as I said at the start, is kind of you know an an ESG kind of um, uh, consulting venture. Um, it has got two elements. Uh, there is the the consulting side through uh, uh, the the ESG agenda, and there is this technology side to the ESG agenda as well. Uh, so again, you know, to the earlier point around being flexible enough. Uh, and, and trying to pivot and take advantage of some opportunities. Uh, as part of the entrepreneurial journey, I had only picked up the technology aspect uh, in terms of assessing the need for you know, an ESG-focused SaaS uh, for corporates, uh, predominantly in the Indian market. Uh, but you know, post my MBA, I picked up on that idea and uh, you know, started to speak with a lot more corporates on the need for a uh, technology solution to the ESG kind of uh, uh, requirements that they might have. Um, But obviously, it's a new thing for a lot of organizations globally. uh, And the response which I got was, uh, okay, no, uh, we, yes, there is a need for us to pick up on the ESG agenda, but we still don't know what it means for us as an organization. Uh, And therefore, suddenly, you know, picking up on a a technology solution uh, from day one is not going to be helpful. Uh, and therefore, you know, those three, four months which I'd spent post-MBA trying to work out the best tech solution uh, kind of fall flat in a way. Uh, and kind of I realized that, you know, it's uh, it's initial stages for a lot of organizations out there. And there's a need for education. There's a need for awareness. Uh, and which is where kind of, you know, the consulting piece uh also, I kind of realized the need for the initial consulting handholding piece, uh, which then can be complemented with the technology offering that I have within the organization and which I started with in the first instance. So uh, now uh, Green Analytics, as it stands, uh, has uh, kind of two uh, key offerings, uh, the kind of ESG sustainability focused consulting uh, kind of uh, offering. Uh, and then uh, alongside is uh, uh, there is this tech solution which also provides kind of carbon footprint uh, 
calculations, uh, wider ESG analytics, and kind of reporting capabilities to to corporates. That's really interesting. I mean, ESG sustainability are things that we obviously we all know about now. It's it's things that are high on a lot of companies' agenda. But you're, you're kind of highlighting that companies know that, but there's a gap in knowledge of like what the hell do I do about that? It's kind of in your, so you kind of, do you fill that gap? Yes. So uh, kind of, again, um, you know, the, the, the rationale behind starting green analytics was obviously to tap mm-hmm. into the, the need for technology as an enabler and kind of, you know, uh, of the ESG agenda and making it a bit more efficient in the long term. Uh, but there is this big gap uh, in terms of a lot of corporates. Yes, there is a mandate on them to produce ESG reports, but they still are struggling with what exactly is, does it mean for us? Uh, mm-hmm. What is the data that we need to fill up uh, a lot of those tables within the report? What is the data that we need uh, to you know calculate our carbon footprint? And what exactly are some of the material issues that we might face uh, from an ESG perspective uh, in the long term. So, uh, you know, there's this gap around kind of, uh, okay, we've got to do it, but we just don't know how. Uh, and I'm trying to address that gap around, okay, uh, uh, from kind of, you know, initial uh, kind of stages of working with the company management to understand the processes, which is where my value chain management role pre-MBA comes into a lot of use. Uh, mm. And then kind of bringing in that ESG sustainability domain kind of uh, expertise around uh, you know what it means from a strategy perspective, what it means from a risk or an opportunity perspective, and then kind of, you know, uh, uh, breaking it down from a data requirement perspective, helping them kind of, you know, calculate the, the relevant ESG matrix that they need uh, to eventually compile it all and produce that uh, ESG report uh, uh, um, in line with the the regulatory requirement, uh, so yes, it's uh, there's still uh, kind of you know uh, uh, a large gap in terms of what companies know they have to do yeah. and uh, how they would want to approach uh, uh, the 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 overall kind of ESG agenda, and and that is uh, what I'm trying to address uh, through Green mm-hmm. Analytics. It's interesting. I, I kind of think we went through a period of. I mean, there's that 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 thing of where you know, if I asked the question, I might find out the answer, sort of thing. And I think we went through a period of that for a while, where where people, companies as well, weren't looking, weren't asking those questions because they didn't weren't sure about. Because if you find the answer, you've got to do something about it. But I think we've passed that now, and I think we're at the stage where people are starting to ask the question because they want to know the answer and they want to start implementing solutions to it. So it sounds like a really positive thing that you're doing to be able to quantify. The answer, because you're not just saying here are some issues. You're actually using technology to demonstrate what they are, which you know from there you can build solutions. Yes, uh, so it's like you know uh, outside of the regulatory mandate, and I've mm. worked in uh, the tax profile before. I know that you know the minute you add in a new compliance, uh, it mm. still is compliance, and it uh, kind of is at the bottom of the to-do list. But this mm. is becoming a, a wider kind of business issue, right? Uh, it's no longer kind of regulatory bodies asking you to prepare those reports, but uh, the companies mm. that I've been speaking with uh, back in India, their customers in Europe are asking about sustainability data. Uh, their uh, customers in Europe and, and kind of outside of India are asking about their plans to decarbonize the operations. Uh, and obviously there's uh, 
quite some upcoming regulations uh, within EU as a bloc. Uh, and India is a, is a large trading partner to EU and there's a very significant kind of export base in India. Uh, so, you know, having you know, being being here in London and being privy to some of those global updates uh, is helps me kind of you know uh, be in a position to kind of help those clients uh, back in India, providing them with a much more global perspective versus uh, you know another local firm back there. So it's it's a business issue now. Uh, mm. You know, I've seen kind of funding being tied to sustainability parameters. Uh, uh, you know, customer contracts. Uh, uh, you no, know, unless you give us an uh, a certification or an accreditation, uh, you know, or that you know, having kind of an accreditation or certification is becoming pre precursor to kind of uh, you know entering into business contracts with overseas customers, and and obviously there's this regulatory mandate as well, which is happening. So uh, it is it is becoming kind of uh, a big issue for uh, for corporates uh, across um, uh, the the world. So, I mean, obviously you're an entrepreneur uh, and you're working in this space as well. What would you say, apologies in advance, I know this is a different question, what does a kind of typical day-to-day look like for you? Um, I mean, so when when you are kind of, uh, you know, working on your own, right, uh, it, mm. it, I'm still kind of in the early stages of my journey. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a team of analysts um, that I have that are helping me kind of uh, deliver on the engagements, which I'm working on right now. Uh, but kind of uh, it's it, it involves uh, multiple things, right? So there's uh, obviously alongside kind of delivering on the existing engagements that I have, uh, one of the key kind of uh, focus areas for me is to um, kind of speak with as many more corporates as possible from a business development perspective. Uh, uh, so, you know, a lot of my time goes in kind of having those calls. Uh, you know, sometimes there's positive outcomes. Uh, often, you know, you hear you've sent out a proposal, but they've chosen another firm. Uh, so it's kind of managing that business development aspect. Uh, then obviously there's uh, kind of conversations with the existing clients that I have uh, to uh, kind of, you know, discuss the findings from the work that we would have done. Um, uh, and then kind of uh, working out kind of what it means from a next steps perspective uh, mm. once the initial engagement that we've uh, undertaken is is complete so it's trying to you know speak with existing clients uh, that kind of falls within the second bucket of uh, what i am then working on uh, and then you know as as uh, on the on the technology front uh, uh, you know trying to kind of develop a better version of the tool out there uh, is is kind of the third area where I spend a lot of time. I'm not a tech person by background. Uh, mm. There are two uh, kind of people helping me out informally to, uh, you know, help me build a better version of the software. Uh, but mm-hmm. from a subject matter perspective, there's still conversations that I need to have with the development team, uh, and that kind of picks up, uh, you know, another uh, you know quarter of my time in in a way. And then I'm just trying to work out more avenues to see what I could add on to, you know, the, the mm-hmm. suit of the consulting offering, uh, but also engage in kind of collaboration discussions with maybe, you know, some other consulting firms, particularly from a technology perspective, uh, or kind of, you know, ways to just expand the, the suit of offerings that I have at Queen Analytics. It's really interesting. From, from what you're saying, obviously, you you sort of changed plans through your MBA and you decided kind of you got this idea and you've, you've built this business from that. But it sounds like you're really drawn upon all of your previous experience as a consultant as well. And that is you're using that directly in what you're doing now. 
Yes, I mean uh, it, it is consulting. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, I mean at the end of the day, right? The deliverable kind of read screen analytics. Uh, uh, in in my previous uh, kind of pre MBA kind of role, it, it read KPMG. Uh, but it is consulting. It's just that right now. Uh, I mean now the the work involves kind of a bit more on on the strategic and the commercial yeah. side, but I'm overlaying kind of the climate and the wider sustainability agenda. Uh, and obviously kind of the learnings from 10 years at uh, within the big four environment have been extremely helpful around, you know, trying to, you know, work out the best possible way to produce uh, uh, those, those end reports, uh, engaging in conversations, particularly with the senior management, uh, uh, right? That, that stakeholder kind of engagement skills is something that is, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 experience and the work at you know EY and KPMG across different cultures have been quite quite useful uh, because right now uh, the stakeholders and the buyers of my project are the senior management uh, versus you know being a technical team uh, 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 which was the case when I was at uh, at, at KPMG uh, so the stakeholder management um, kind of skills are, are something that I've kind of have been banking on quite a lot. Uh, which I learned in my big four life. And then, you know, the approach to consulting, the approach to, you know, uh, creating efficient processes to make sure that, you know, uh, things are kind of uh, aligned with the plan that you have in mind. Uh, They are kind of aligned with the client's expectations. Uh, Mm -hmm. More importantly, from a timing perspective as well, right? So we're still a relatively, you know, new firm. Uh, So you don't have the the benefit of, you know, having lots of resources to hand to help you with, uh, Mm -hmm. With the engagement so i've got you know often uh, a create a proposal uh, speak with uh, speak with the, the management uh, you know uh, execute also draft uh, uh, deliverables from scratch uh, and then make sure i am still you know up and ready for the next conversation lined up so it's it's kind of you know all those uh, uh, aspects uh, i mean you know the the life at big four uh, uh, have have helped me quite a lot to make it look easy while uh, it still is, uh, you know, managing like a hundred things at the same time. Mm. No, I think it's important to be able to draw on your experience and kind of make the most of what your experience you've had before that. Uh, talk me through the Summer Accelerator program. I know that that was kind of part of your journey as well. I know we're moving backwards and forwards a little bit around yes. kind of timelines wise, but talk me through that is I don't have too much experience with that. So I'm actually really interested to hear about it. Uh, so, so Summer Accelerator, I mean, essentially was kind of what uh, helped me reaffirm uh, that yes, I want to still continue and go ahead with my decision to start my own venture. Uh, but that's essentially kind of an internal imperial initiative, uh, which helps some of the promising startups uh, kind of, you know, uh, a, bring a bit more fruition to the idea that they might mm-hmm. have, uh, uh, kind of, you know, work out the uh, or support uh, over a period of uh, eight months, uh, eight weeks, I'm sorry, uh, uh, support over a period of eight weeks, uh, uh, kind of the different approaches that you will have to consider, the different aspects that you'll have to consider while developing your own venture. And that kind of, you know, uh, from a green analytics perspective, you know, as I said, at that point in time, I was assessing more from a tech SaaS product perspective, uh, you know, looking at, you know, how best to work out what technology is is uh, is right for the product, uh, how best to, you know, speak with um, some of the companies out there to identify whether there is a need for this product in the first place, uh, how kind of best to identify some of the aspects around go-to-market strategy uh, and kind of, you know, 
gradually building up a team from uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, once you start and once your business and venture grows so it was a uh, kind of a great uh, ecosystem uh, whose support kind of helped me quite a lot in terms of you know uh, asking and re-asking a lot of questions whether kind of I did things right or this is how I would approach uh, go to market this is how I would approach the technology aspect uh, uh, um, and kind of you know uh, eventually help shape refine uh, uh, kind of green analytics as an idea uh, even though it was still a tech focused idea at that point in time it's it's useful i think for students to, particularly to hear about these these kind of schemes that are available because that year and this is probably the wrong word but it's almost like a safe time to be exploring these things and to be investing a bit of your time into them like once you've once you've left university once you've left your program and you're back in the i don't know real world uh, it's it's much more risky to be putting your time into th- things like this so it's actually it's quite a nice opportunity to explore these things and you know who knows you might end up going going on and running a business from it which is exactly what you seem to have done Yes, and and I think you know it's that that ecosystem where you know a lot mm-hmm. of business experts kind of uh, you know questioned a lot of your thinking to help you mm-hmm. refine it uh, uh, was 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 uh, you know a frustrating uh, uh, but uh, quite an important kind of exercise uh, right uh, uh, and which is where kind of you know uh, when I had to pivot to also including the consulting element uh, it was a relatively easy pivot versus you know suddenly deciding look i've uh, i've got to do something completely different now a tech product doesn't work anymore or there's no immediate demand for a tech product and uh, what companies are looking for is the consulting piece so it's that you know yeah. uh, that flexibility that uh, uh, you know the the business experts and and the mentors uh, who were there at, as part of the summer accelerator mm-hmm. kind of uh, helped me kind of uh, um, uh, made me a bit more flexible and and adaptable to um, let's say new surprises in a way. Uh, but the other kind of important aspect was uh, the fact that they also got you in touch with uh, some of the legal and functional experts. So mm-hmm. you know, as as a software, there's IP involved. Uh, so as part of the summer accelerator, you could speak to an IP and a legal expert to work out what was the best kind of uh, structure and arrangement uh, for your business, right? Uh, they helped put you in touch with uh, someone from a fundraising perspective. They gave you feedback on your pitch decks. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, there were kind of seven, six other teams, uh, seven other mm-hmm. teams. Uh, so you are then in contact with, you know, some other startups as well, which are Again, going through a similar journey, uh, uh, like like yourself, and you kind of you know the interactions with the other teams uh, help in you know learning uh, in advance that you know a few things might work, uh, but you know the approach that I'm trying to take might not work, or you might have to you know consider a plan B. So that interaction with functional experts, the interaction with um, the business experts and mentors, uh, but also the other kind of uh, summer accelerator kind of cohort uh, was yeah. quite a, a helpful kind of experience because you know that helps uh, you in expanding your network uh, and then you know some of the people here in the UK that I am in touch with uh, uh, from a you know from a green analytics perspective are are those uh, people who've been introduced to me uh, through some of the other uh, you know summer accelerator cohort uh, kind of startups so uh, you know eventually it, it 
the more you speak with people, the more you learn from their experience. Uh, and then kind of, you know, it just helps you um, kind of grow your network, uh, which you never know when you might have to rely on. Mm. You mentioned the mentoring part. You, you, you used the sentence, which I love, to be honest, because it reminded me of myself a little bit. You said that being questioned is frustrating. And I really like that because, you know, nobody likes having their ideas questioned. Nobody likes like taking on this kind of, even if it's constructive criticism, nobody quite like really likes it, but you would much rather have people in that environment questioning the decisions you're making or the things you're thinking then where it's kind of safer than just diving ahead without that environment and making mistakes. If that makes sense. It sounds like such a good, a good way to, because nobody likes criticism. And I know what I'm exactly the same thing. I'll, I'll often go to somebody and I'll say, I've had this great idea. And what I want them to say is that is a great idea. You do that. But what they actually say is something different. And you know, you're a little bit livid that they haven't just agreed with everything you said, but it's actually really useful that people would criticize and people would give you that feedback. And, and kind of, you know, uh, agreed uh, that that questioning uh, is something that uh, is helping me even right now because, uh, you know, uh, uh, pre-MBA, obviously the big four is a big brand. Uh, so kind of as part of my day-to-day role, uh, I took it for granted uh, versus now I am developing my own brand uh, and Greenalytics is, is you know, uh, on a... Uh, relatively new but a growth journey as well Uh, so when I'm speaking with uh, kind of clients right uh, I have to justify on why green analytics is is a a better option uh, for them versus you know some other consulting firm out there and then those questions from mentors around you know but do you think this is the right messaging that you have to uh, uh, that you have for for the product do you think this is the right approach to you know engaging in discussions with you know your potential customers and and those those questions and those queries uh, 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 kind of of help me kind of refine the message that I want to put out there uh, uh, to you know uh, prospective customers on why I am best placed uh, to help them with, um, you know, solving their their problems and requirements on on the sustainability agenda. So, uh, you know, it, it is uh, that 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 uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say that you know, taking don't be frustrated, uh, uh, or rather, it's it's okay to be frustrated if people question you. But you know, uh, somewhere along, uh, I am sure those questions will be helpful uh, in a very different way that you might not realize. So, you know, be open to receiving um, you know some difficult questions some potential criticisms uh, uh, and and kind of you know um, keep them at the back of the mind because you might have to use them at some point in time particularly if you are you know uh, venturing out on your own uh, because you know you, you're starting from scratch and you you don't have the backing of a big uh, long-known brand out there uh, behind you so mm. So what's next for you and what's next for Greenlytics? What's the plan now? Uh, so uh, there's, there's a couple of uh, um, consulting projects which I'm wrapping up uh, uh, and, and I've been fortunate enough to be uh, able to be working with uh, some large organizations back in India uh, across different sectors. Uh, so I'm wrapping up those projects, uh, but uh, which is where uh, you know, conversations are on to uh, pivot from the consulting to the to the technology support that I am able to provide to those customers. Uh, so conversations are on 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 that on that front. Uh, there's um, 
uh, one of the areas that Greenalytics uh, is is trying to focus on is working a lot more within the SME space as well, uh, uh, because you know uh, the small and medium scale enterprises they will be hit a lot by the uh, the upcoming regulations both in India as well as globally, as you know some of the the uh, end kind of participants of global supply chains essentially. Uh, and I'm trying to work a lot more with uh, uh, with companies within the SME space. So there's conversations happening with some uh, uh, um, like industrial zones uh, back in back in India uh, to see if we could partner with them uh, both from a consulting and a tech perspective. Uh, and there are some conversations ongoing um, to kind of uh, fundraise uh, for the for the technology part. Uh, mm. And the other option and uh, another alternative which I'm exploring is to team up with uh, a larger technology company uh, to kind of complement uh, the the tech kind of skill set which is still missing from a green analytics as an offering perspective. Uh, and on on uh, you know uh, so that the the company can help me with with the tech aspect a lot better but uh, i can then kind of leverage their existing network uh, uh, and kind of you know grow the service and and the tech offering on the esg side a lot better as well so a couple of conversations are are ongoing um, you know in terms of growing the business in terms of uh, partnering with uh, companies both back in india as well as um, globally uh, and you know we are trying to work out another kind of offering within greenalytics uh, which is aimed at kind of uh, tapping into the need for uh, kind of ESG-focused trainings and kind of course mm-hmm. curriculum. So, uh, you know, developing kind of uh, a database and, and a kind of a knowledge content, uh, which we then aim to kind of, you know, roll out in the market in due course. So, uh, yeah, busy times ahead for mm-hmm. for for me. And, uh, yeah, uh, fingers crossed for what uh, lies ahead for Green Analytics as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely exciting times ahead, I think. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, final question for me. I always ask this question to guests on the podcast. What advice would you have for current students? Or the other way I, I tend to let people think about it is if you could go back in time and speak to yourself at the start of your MBA, what advice would you give? I mean, might sound like a, a, a cliche and you might have heard it from a few others as well, but I think it's uh, being open to kind of, you know, uh, picking up a new challenge. Uh, uh, and kind of uh, you know exploring something new, um, or rather not being afraid to uh, explore a new challenge uh, or try something new, uh, uh, is is something that uh, you know I'd, I'd kind of tell my own self as well if I were to go back in time. Or I think it's it's relevant for for you know um, anyone out there essentially. And kind of the other kind of. Uh, learning for me uh, and kind of we've we briefly touched upon as part of this conversation is to also kind of work out uh, kind of what skill sets are you able to leverage from anything that you would have done in the past particularly you know a lot of people who join the MBA kind of their intent is to either change industry or kind of change the function that they were uh, uh, that you know get into kind of a slightly different aspect of the business uh, so kind of it's always reflecting on what are some of the skill sets that you would have learned in your previous role, which you can, you know, uh, use to your leverage, even if it's a new role, even if it's a new organization, or even if it's a new country. So uh, I think, you know, there's there's always something that you will be able to um, you know, uh, rely on. Um, you know, for me, it was, you know, the approach to consulting, uh, um, 
but you know it it can still be kind of something completely different uh, but some you know there's there's always something that you would be able to leverage on from mm-hmm. from your previous experience as well so it's always good to reflect on uh, uh, because that will help you kind of you know uh, get you some advantage even if you are you know mm-hmm. getting into a completely new function uh, within an organization spanan it's been a pleasure speaking to you thanks again uh, i really appreciate you taking the time to join me on the podcast Thank you Chris and you know, I appreciate uh, the opportunity and uh, um, yeah uh, I'm happy for anyone to to reach out to me uh, in case uh, they want to have a conversation. Thank you again to Spandin. There was a lot to love about that conversation, but one sentence that really stood out to me was somewhere along the way. Spandin obviously had an idea of where he wanted his MBA to take him next. As he said, the opportunity to pivot to the business and commercial side of consulting, but somewhere along the way, he opened himself up to a new challenge, in this case an elective module, and that decision has led to him starting Greenalytics, and you can hear the passion he has when he talks about it. He sort of goes full circle there too with his advice at the end to be open to new challenges and trying something new. The truth is, he's been there and done it himself, and he's a brilliant example of where being open to new opportunities can lead you. I love that part about being questioned and taking criticism and that's sometimes being frustrating. Like I said in the episode, I can relate to that myself in some ways and I'm sure you can too, but ultimately, being questioned is usually a positive exercise, especially when it's coming from a mentor with a lot of experience in the field you're working in. Thanks again to Spandin for sharing his story with us, and as always, thanks to you for listening. I've been Chris Roberts, and I'll see you next time.